Full but train that's why we there. fall on the ball, and we don't try and scoop score as an offensive lineman from your own 30. <laughs> from your own 30. Like, I'm going to be honest, probably not going to, you know, put him on skates, you know. But you know what he said? He said, I was going to take it to the crib, Coach. Right. That's probably what he we said. We needed a first got, down, and I saw, I saw an opening. <laughs> <laughs> I love the offensive lineman that just gets surprised with football and just, like, even when they tuck it, it's just so, it's so adorable in their arms. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast, everyone. This is Mildly Legitimate Conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet at www.thewheelroute.com. We are at The Wheel Route on Twitter. Podcast at gmail.com is the email address. And uh, you can get the show, you know, from most of the pod, the pod servers out there. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, the Google Pod Center, Stitcher, etc., etc. My name is Logan Whitehouse. I'm on Twitter at Logwell the Dawn. Coming to you guys from Stewart, Florida. Where we're settling into some nice late summer weather patterns here. Uh, I did just hear the rain start though, so a little evening shower here tonight. Lovely. It's gonna make for good sleeping conditions, hopefully. Uh, who else is here? My name is Jordan Shank. I am still in the friendly city of Harrisonburg, Virginia, where things are starting to cool off overnight, at least a little bit, mm. which is Love been nice. Big big window open when I sleep fan over here um but it's still remaining you know seasonably warm during the days so we we get kind of two sides of a coin in some regards um all the seasons you get all the seasons yeah the valley loves the seasons we've often said this um i'm on twitter.com at shank jordan boys it's Ryder cup week obviously there are going to be tweets there's going to be manufactured drama um I'm excited. I, I already sprinkled some on Team Europe at plus 200 already because I feel like I know how this is going to go. Um, but I'm, I'm willing to be proven wrong. Right. Hey, shout out to our guy Max Homa, by the way. Yeah. Big weekend for the Qua- Quasi-friend of the program. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it counts. We'll claim him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my name is Jason Kreck. I am also in Harrisonburg. Uh, thankful to be back in Harrisonburg after a, a delightful weekend down at Claytor Lake with the boys with a Z. Um, the men. And, uh, They're getting old. The boys are getting old. I'm going to be honest yeah, with you, Jason. How's no, it feel? Uh, do you look around? Do you ever look around, take stock, and be like, oh, the boys. The boys yeah. are getting old. Um, yeah. uh, we looked up. There were eight of us down there. And for, um, yeah, for the entire weekend, two of us. Uh, myself and friend of the podcast, Michael Maurice, were the only two without kids. Um, wow. Wow. Lots of lots of FaceTiming and lots of calling and lots of saying hey to children while Mike and I hung out. And we're, we're, we are we hung out very proud of, of our friends. Raising heavy, heavy hangout. Love that. I love <laughs> a heavy hang. Big, big hang power. Um, <laughs> did excellent Mike, weather. It was great. Did, not that Mike Maurice has done this before, but did he maybe have one too many road sodas and then stumble into the lake <laughs> headfirst uh, through the party bushes? Mike or? Was, party Mike was uh, referenced uh, out of pride, and, Good. but did not Good. make an appearance this weekend. All right. All right. That's uh, real, a, real that's relaxed. A, uh... Yeah. 
more of a like Gaston Mike. That's more like yeah. Gaston Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clater Lake Mike's a little more reserved. Part, party yeah. Mike might still be in Lake Gaston for all we know. Um, <laughs> he may have he may have died there with his, head being, the with his head Brush. being beat against the paddle the pedals of the pedal uh, paddle boat. <laughs> but no, just uh, just a big casual hang, just a uh, just a wildly whole time down at Clater. Those are always good for the soul. Yeah, it was. It was an excellent yeah. weather. It was like never, never scorching hot, perfect lake weather. Ten out of ten. Yeah, you get a little bit of lake breeze too. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. it's like a mm-hmm. sea breeze, Logan. Yep, had a little you, bit you of a little bit of a little bit of morning fog settling over the dock. It was great. I do love a sea breeze. Yeah. <laughs> what are you guys drinking? Uh, I've got a polar seltzer water. It is the cranberry lime. They had them in stock at the local grocer last night when I oh. went. So I snagged a case, had had to hop on a case, you know. Smart. Let's get a case. Get a case for the week. <laughs> case. case count uh, is up. <laughs> uh, I am I am tonight going with the original flavor water. Okay. Um, been a, been a tough to, day. Been a, been a tough to an day ongoing, An ongoing bout with Benadryl. It didn't feel like the right time to add another <laughs> another variable into the mix. Uh, I don't know. But, I don't know. What yeah. does uh, Michael Felder say? If you mix, uh, if you mix bourbon and, uh, and Evan Nyquil, Williams, it's an Incredible Hulk. It's called the Incredible I, Hulk. Yeah, I, I believe him and <laughs> opted out of that this time. <laughs> right, smart move, uh, Jordan. I took your tip. Got some passion fruit Lacroix. Uh, Lacroix. But sp- sp- splash of OJ in it. You know, I'm looking okay. fancy tonight, so yeah. it's it's nice. Uh, oh yeah, just. Rocking it. I did have three several hydrated light- boys tonight. Yeah, this is great. Exactly. I had several light beers this weekend. So, you know, had to had to rein it back in. Um, threw some wings on the smoker this weekend, boys. You'd be happy to know. Mm. And mm. Uh, um, yeah, so so yeah. give us the rundown on all the animals that were present on that apparatus, because it looked like more than just wings. Uh, was it was it just wings, but it was okay. just two different kinds. So one of them, I, I had like a, some jerk seasoning on one oh. of them. So those were like the more black ones. And then uh, mm-hmm. I had more of just a traditional, actually it was the Rodney Scott rib rub was what it was. Um, um, and it was really, they were really good. And I lightly brushed them with a little sweet, a little sweet barbecue. You know, you got to play to the crowd sometimes. Not everybody likes to just be, you know, snorting everywhere. With The, the jerk wings were hot. I actually was kind of not as prepared for how spicy they were going to be as they were. So, nice. you know. Logged a few complaints. We'll we'll get better, you know, and so will so will so will they. You know, no sissies in this house, what I say. So when it comes to pallets, that is. Right. Anyhow. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. But otherwise, you know, it was it was good. We had a nice spread, had a, a few people over. It's kind of nice to have some gator fans around. I think I'm I'm slowly rubbing off on my group of friends a little bit. They know Saturday is a sacred day, so they'll come through just sort of, you know, to sort of behold the spectacle that is, to you know. To pay their respects. <laughs> yes. To the, to the ours... deity that is college football, Logan. <laughs> right. <Saturday>. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, listen, I mean, I'm going to be around. So, yeah. anyhow, it was a good time. Uh, it was a fun day. Fun day of college football all around, I, I would I would say. Uh, yeah. some, some things happened. There were some fun games. There were some disappointing results. Uh, but, yeah, overall, one for the one for the books. Could have been you worse. You guys get it? Any any other notes? Any other tasting notes on the weekend? Uh, I I made a quick jaunt down to Richmond uh, Saturday morning for uh, for a, a bank account meeting. No, not to brag, but uh, just you know, just 
wheeling and dealing, things of that nature. Um, but I also went to the Golf Galaxy. That's why I was down there. Oh, I nice. told you guys I think uh, I discovered my putter setup that okay. I'm, I'm hoping to put myself in, uh, mostly with a gift card that Jason and I won during league play this year. If I can't uh, apply the gift card towards it, then we'll just we'll, we'll put that on on the wish list for the next couple of years and uh, sure. focus on irons first. But uh, yeah, smart move. It's, it's always exciting to be like, yep, I, I think I fixed my putting just by <laughs> yeah. something new. I think I'm, right. I'm fixed now. Nothing like making all the putts on like the cheater greens they have in there too. That just like, you know, really, really make <laughs> yeah. you feel like you got to die. Just like putting, putting down the trenches. To yeah. So they actually post. had like, they had one of the big artificial greens, right? but they also had one of those, perfect putt like mats with the wood ramp set oh. up dead in the middle and so i just went over to that because i was connor like, got one can't... of those as a wedding gift we had yeah i saw the, it was uh... in the, it was the <laughs> yeah. room suite uh, yes. that, yeah but it was the same deal and so i figured like well they can't like slant this thing to make it more accurate right if they right. were they can't game this thing so yeah rolled a couple on that and uh yeah i'm, I'm excited like i said to light some more money on fire in the name of yeah. just being as swaggy as possible on the links. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I think I think if you know, I think I've getting the distance feel down with my new putter finally. Here we are, month like two of of putting with it pretty yeah. often. Managed to uh, you know, Lagwan. Lagwan was on full display yesterday. Uh, you know, saved par with a just majestic two putt on uh, it's like a seventy foot putt, snugged it up there. Mm. She was good. No big deal. Um, but yeah, no, there's nothing more frightening than being like, All right, well, we're gonna we're going to see how this one goes. But, hey, you know, we've been there. We've all been there. We will continue to be there. Um, excellent. Uh, so, real quick, we didn't mention this in the last episode. The USC job's open. Massive job in the landscape of college football. Maybe not as massive as it used to be. Um, but I still think that's a, you know, that's if it's not a top-shelf job, it's a secondary top-shelf job. Um, do we have any preliminary thoughts on USC to get out while it's still relatively fresh. Jason. I mean, the, yeah, like Luke fickle seems like the easy call, right? Does he, I mean, I, maybe I think, I think like he is, yeah. he seems to be in, in the class of prospects, kind yeah. of the, the yeah, valedictorian, I mean, if you that's, will. That's the, the AD's former football coach. Um, He's the appropriate has has he wouldn't be a stretch higher. He wouldn't like yeah. like Luke Fickle makes sense there. So it it feels like a they lot. They have of gone with fits. like I think Spencer Hall pointed out that like they basically have hired Lane Kiffin or a derivative of Lane Kiffin like three or four yeah. straight times at USC, and uh, maybe maybe it's time for a, a different approach as as far as like former USC OC is your guy that you have to hire. Um, there was a, a Ed Ogeron brief stint in there, but he was sort of an interim situation. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I go back and forth. Like, I think the easy thing to say is like, oh man, if you can get a guy there that can capitalize on recruiting, then it could be really good. But like, I mean, that's true virtually everywhere. Not like Tuscaloosa, Alabama is like an A1 destination and they have certainly capitalized on recruiting for whatever that's worth too. Right. So um, I think, you know, being in LA and, maybe NIL stuff, like maybe that matters a little bit there and could matter more. And 
could be an interesting tool. I, Fickle, I think, makes a lot of sense from an X's and O's, like football fit, knows the AD standpoint. Um, would be curious to see maybe how he would be able to jump into recruiting immediately. But like I said, these guys aren't idiots. They'll, they keep guys around that. I think the, the um, <clears throat> current interim head coach is like the recruiting um, coordinator on the staff also. So right. they definitely have kept him around <laughs> for a reason too. Uh, but I don't know. I, I guess I, I kind of I'm curious to see what USC does here, um, especially with UCLA having a little bit of increased success too across town. Yeah, I think uh, the light amount of reading I've done so far is USC tends to be one of those programs that like they prefer to keep it in the family if yeah. they can and if it makes sense to. Uh, apparently, they are not going to use a search firm for this endeavor. Uh, so that true. would seem to imply that maybe they've already got somebody lined up or, or they know who they want to target. Um, Eric Bieniemy's name got floated uh, this yeah. weekend. Uh, he is the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator and for whatever reason continues to not get placed in a, an NFL head coaching job. Um, but... We like no. I don't think many people know if he would even want to be a college head coach and deal with yeah. all of the the crouton and things of the nature. So right. Um, I mean, you I, hear anecdotally that they get it wrong. I think they'll get it wrong. <laughs> Lane Kiffin. Who knows? You know, go back to the well on that. Yeah, that would be sports. such a beautiful story of forgiveness and reconciliation. Yeah. And, yeah. And then when he left for Tennessee in two years, it would be even funnier. So, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I, I don't completely follow the people that, you know, harken back to like 2001 when USC really had a pop in with Leinert and Bush and, you know, Dwayne Jarrett and all those guys that were, that were so good. I just, I don't know. It's kind of like a Miami thing, right? Like, I just don't know that they're going to, there's going to be a team that's going to get back there. I suppose Alabama's there now, but. I'm hard pressed to think like just because USC hires a good coach means that they're gonna like be the most talented team in the world again, right? Yeah. Like that, oh, they've got some work cut out for themselves. Yes. Regardless yeah. of and, who yeah. they land. Exactly. So, all right, UConn stays open as well. Have not heard a ton of chatter about the UConn job, but <clears throat> they are terrible. So, uh, anyhow, we'll keep it moving they, here. They came out. They came out this week and said like basically told the rest of the staff that like, Hey, that guy's leaving. You guys are done too. And so Jeez. things are I good. Mean, things are good in maybe stores. You got a clean house. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe, uh, who's, who's the coach at Syracuse. That's gotta be inching Dino his way. Dino, Dino's gotta be, gotta be inching his way. He's already in the, the region. Block here. He's got recruiting yeah. ties in the region. Bingo. Bingo. Uh, he runs a fun up tempo offense. They beat they beat Clemson that one time. Remember that? Yeah, awaken those echoes. Oh, Eric Dungy, our guy, out there getting it done. All right, let's keep it moving here. Okay, some games before we get to the picks for this weekend. Just to run through, uh, did you guys catch any Purdue Notre Dame? There was a lot of drum drama on I'll, the Twitter I'll, uh, sphere. I'll head basically the remainder of this podcast off at the pass and say that I uh, wasn't able to watch almost any college football this weekend in the lake. So. Uh, I will uh, not have much to contribute, but we'll definitely drop in with very uneducated takes on things. Be along, be along for the ride. Be along for the ride. Yeah. While you're at it, 
check out the uh, the the college football stats, the whatever game on paper stats for that Alabama Florida game. Crazy, crazy, very I, I similar, very similar. <laughs> I, I would think you have more to say about this. <laughs> no, um, I mean I didn't catch any of this. I think the long and short of it is Notre Dame is not great, and I think there was some drum drama here that maybe masked over another so-so performance. I think Purdue outgained Notre Dame by like a lot in this game and Notre Dame wins, but uh, I guess we'll keep talking ourselves into Notre Dame being a top 10 team as long as they don't lose. Right. That's how it goes. Yeah. No, I was just going to say they've got uh, Cincinnati in two weeks. So if, I mean, one of those teams is going to come out with a loss and we'll have deserved it probably. That's probably true. Cincinnati played with fire this weekend as well. Um, yeah, they have you, been you... for a couple of weeks now. <laughs> right. Um, Cincinnati with the ultimate like wins by two scores. Like, oh yeah, they took care of business game. They were losing a majority of this game of that their game right against yeah. Indiana. Um, yeah, but even last week, like against yes, yes they were. John I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah, they had trouble with Murray State last week. Yeah, Indiana um, lost. I think their middle linebacker went out with a targeting call in like the second quarter, and Cincinnati reeled off like fourteen straight huge, points. Very huge momentum shift. Very well, similar to the Clemson Ohio State situation last year when Skalski went out, and like yeah. you can just tell, like even if Skalski's not like gonna play on Sundays, that dude knows their defense and gets them set up and and knows exactly like how to call the plays and everything, and um, that matters for teams for sure. <clears throat> yeah, so. Um, hate to see it, but Cincinnati continues. All right, Florida State played Wake Forest. We had this one circled, uh, I think, in our preseason episode as like, this is probably going to be a show-me game for Florida State. Don't know that we had on our bingo card them losing to Jacksonville State last week. So they uh, they got trounced by Wake here. Uh, just, yeah, I, the, I took a quick look at the stats here. Uh, 97 plays from scrimmage for Wake Forest. Oof, that that claw fence was going <laughs> humming. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. Florida State just they're just they do the things that a poorly coached team does. They're exhibiting the behavior of a poorly coached team, and I think compounding that they don't have a very clear plan for how they're going to deploy their two quarterback system. Um, their two quarterbacks are so diametrically opposed uh, in how they have to operate their offense that I don't think it they get any schematic advantage out of bringing in like the new quarterbacks just because they kind of know, like, I mean, I don't think Milton's like really in the mood to probably be running a lot at this point in his life. And uh, I don't think Travis is in the mood to ever be throwing it uh, at this point in his life. So it's pretty clear what they want to do when the different quarterbacks are in. And I mean, I don't feel bad for saying it, but you look at that team, they don't have any dudes on that team. It's weird. It's weird to see a Florida state team with like very few, players that appear to be like pop off the screen like oh that guy's gonna be a problem right yeah yeah there's nobody on the team you're like first round like that yeah that dude's making money exactly they might they might have a good i think they have like a decent like outside linebacker rush end type guy but i mean at this point a lot of teams have one of those guys too so um regardless florida state bit of a mess i think i do think they they get syracuse in a couple weeks so that's probably going to be a battle, um, and and we'll see we'll see what happens. But um, it could get better. I was high on Norvell. I liked what Norvell did at Memphis and the offense that they ran. But right now they just seem like they maybe need to uh, 
try to simplify some things or, or streamline what they're going to do on offense and maybe stick to one thing for a while and see if they can uh, either run the football or throw the football. I mean, I don't know why you have Milton. This is probably Milton's last year playing college football. Like if you're not going to use him to run your offense, cause you can actually run like a real Mike Norvell offense that involves throwing the football. Then why do you only play him some of the time? It just seems weird. Anyhow. Yeah. And listen, I'm a veteran of the multi-quarterback game. I grew up in the Steve Spurrier era where he... In the Mike London it. era. Yep. Yes, was in the Mike London era. Um, I'm currently in the in the Dan Mullen era where he likes to dose in the backup quarterback too um, in ways that often appear to be momentum killing and very odd. But uh, yeah, so I mean, it, it's a tough thing to do. They, I do not think Florida State's doing it well right now, amongst other things. I would agree. Okay. Uh oh, Mississippi State Memphis. Um, yeah. Do you guys do you guys catch the ending here? That was I didn't watch much of the game, but the ending was was something. So I didn't catch the end end, but I guess the big thing to come out of this game was the the punt return for a touchdown that Memphis capitalized on. Yes. And the SEC had to come out and admit that yes, there were not one but two officiating mishaps. That took place during by the that SEC play. crew, right? It was an SEC crew, I yeah. think. SEC crew. Yeah. So the first first issue was not that the kicking team touched the ball several times. As long as they didn't possess it, right. the, the ball was still alive. So he was well within his right to pick it up and run it. First issue was the back judge made a stop the clock signal, and that yeah. was and that the been bag, reviewed and inadvertent, and that should have killed the play. Uh the second issue was that Memphis had two guys on the field at the same time wearing the number four. So shout out to double numbers. So right. Shout out to my boys wearing single digits. Got to have it. Uh, yep. And that should have been a five-yard penalty on, on top of that. Um, but Memphis ended up with a touchdown out of that right. salad and uh, won the game by two points. It was hilarious the, the way in which that young man picked up the football and took off with it. He like Jason. Did you see? Uh, did you see the replays on Twitter anywhere? He yeah. The, the I, guy... I saw I saw parts of them um, and saw just enough to like kind of not really understand what was going on. Um, and then um, yeah, a mixture of other things and lack of service prevented me from doing much more research. <laughs> but it looked weird as hell. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. it just looked like like the like a little kid had like stolen something off a table and then was just like taking off, doing the like yeah, the, the run like way ahead of the legs. The run, run was you know? hilarious. But, yeah, yeah, that was. But then that he was, was he hit the sideline and I mean he had a convoy and he was gone at that point. But um, so heads up play to him. But yeah, I mean, tough tough day for the SEC officials. Gonna gonna go ahead and I'll go ahead and say that I agree with that sentiment <laughs> as well. All right, was it was it was a tough day for the officials, but. Um, Anyhow, Memphis escapes. I think both Memphis and Mississippi State are, are okay teams. Uh, they both they they look pretty good. Um, I don't really think either of them are like overly dynamic or scary. But Mississippi State's quarterback threw the ball like sixty nine times in this game, seventy times in this game. That's crazy. Better ice that wing. <laughs> yep. The solid like six yards per uh, six yards per attempt on 70 throws <laughs> yeah but if you're pretty, throwing like pretty to impressive. The far hash every other play right that is, that is some yeah. mileage right um i think this was on duo guys pointed out though that this this is like what the uh what the air raid is supposed to accomplish though right they they basically paper over any sort of traditional running game by throwing 
like a lot of these little short passes and stuff that are basically just as safe as a uh, as throw as a uh, as running the football. So um, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. The Mike Leach experience is is an experience um, for sure. All right, Jordan, UVA UNC. This was the pearl of the evening. Oh boy. Uh, what a pearl Need, it was. Do we do we want to talk about it? This was one of the most cocaine first halves of football I've ever seen. It was yeah. wild. I mean, I personally I would have been fine if they just called the game at halftime. Let let the boys rest, <laughs> let the boys recover. Uh short week coming up for UVA. But um yeah, I mean, I I come out of this like I want to be super excited about the offense, but I just can't be because the defense when lack thereof pisses me off so much and i want like part of me wonders how much of that is due to like the uva basketball experience has taught me to be like a a defense first fan and that that breeds success and that's what i'm used to um so it is taking some adjusting uh but like that that (laughs) honestly was probably the worst defensive performance from a uva team i've ever seen and I, oh, like, it was it was abysmal. I I Absolutely. watched I watched them play the DeAnthony Thomas Oregon team live in Scott Stadium, and that defense <laughs> put up much more of a fight than whatever was in Chapel Hill on Saturday night. It was embarrassing. Yeah, a lot of a lot of dudes running just butt naked open, like over the yeah. middle of the field too. Just like any sort of skinny post situation was food and Howell could just throw it as long as he needed to out high into the middle of the field and it was going to get caught. It seemed like their receivers always had position. Um, Listen, North Carolina does not get off scot-free here either Um, in this, their first half defensive performance left uh, a lot to be desired as well. But really I saw that North Carolina outscored UVA 21-3 in the third quarter. That's pretty much what did UVA in clearly they lost by 18, right? Didn't they end up losing by 18? Uh, 21. I've been 20. Maybe it was was 28. But regardless, they pulled away. And uh, North Carolina, maybe maybe they are okay. Who knows? Yeah, I think they're figuring some things out. And, like, I think think they're probably not as good as 700 yards on Saturday night. And I also think they're probably not as bad as they looked (laughs) week one against Virginia Tech. Um, that's a lot of yards a lot of yards but they were giving up points too so they, they had a, there was a lot of possessions i'm guessing there was a lot of plays in this game period yeah i think uh i think uva had over 90 and unc had somewhere in the 77 range they they had a lot Gee. more quick hitters like it, it's really frustrating when the defense's approach seems to be take away the explosive play but then intermediate routes turn into explosive plays because your safeties take just god-awful angles at yes, things. If the, if the plan was to limit explosive plays, they did not execute it very well on yeah, Saturday. They, like, they, based on what I was saying. They turned things into explosive plays that weren't even intended to be explosive in the first place. Another thing I want to point out about this game, the ACC Network is still such an experience. Just every time I'm on there, the commercials... They're still doing the like black light cam commercials and like the laser sunglasses and the yeah. hearing aids and stuff. I haven't seen They're the still... tack shaver in a while. I kind of missed that one where the guy like shaves in a pool. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, he comes out of the pool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good one. Um, and then, I mean, they cut to halftime and just like the, there's just three dudes, four dudes standing there 
TJ Manuel is one of them. I don't know who that other guy in the middle is. I know I know Rick is there. Um, there's a Hasselback involved. I mean, it's just it is a real it's a real who's who. It's of a real college JV football fan experience. ESPN experience, but anyhow, it's just it's, it's a delight. I always love the the slight film that's kind of over the camera and all yeah, the like ACC the, network. The ACC games network is like, like that double A minor league affiliate where they send guys to take rehab starts. They're like, all yes. right, well, like. You know. All right, Quint Kesnick, it's time for you to get some actual experience on the market. Right, we're going to give Todd McShay across. three games in the ACC before <laughs> he, he gets back to our NFL coverage. <laughs> Oof, peace and peace. All right. Um, Todd, too. Absolutely. In what I think might, might have been the game of the weekend, uh, I hope one or both of you got a chance to catch the YouTube recap. Fresno mm-hmm. UCLA was a delight, an absolute delight, and a fourth quarter that was is – I mean, this was the game of the weekend. It was – a lot of fun um, back and forth. We had like a, you know, a dead quarterback writhing on the ground after throwing touchdown pass who then came back into the game and led heroic, you know, game winning drive. That was awesome. And then as we soon as he it, threw we, the winning touchdown, like went back to the ground and writhed yeah. some more <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, remind had, people of how impressive it was. We had terrible interceptions all around by both teams. Um, a lot of points. Uh, it was fun. It was fun. Uh, UCLA does go down though. And uh, I just want to point out, I think, I think, you know, I think I had you guys on this one. UCLA, maybe a touch, maybe a touch overvalued heading into this. Doesn't mean they were, but it, it, they did lose. Can't, yeah, you can't did, imagine you did they imply that favorite. this could be a fun one, and it was. Um, I also saw like Fresno State's first touchdown. They just went for a wild two point conversion afterwards. Like they just came out of the gates and did a, did a like send six guys. The, ah, the swinging the gate. The field. Yeah, and uh, ended up using like not even going out to that side. Just ran something with the people in the middle and ended up committing a penalty on it anyhow. So <laughs> they, they were ready to go. They were ready to do things. Right, right. Love that. Love that for them. Crack, uh, if you need to spend any time watching, just getting some, you know, some football heroin in your veins, this is the game to just take in. It was awesome. I did... Uh... I did. I did see a little bit of this, um, thanks to the the top whatever from Spencer. Oh yes. Um, but uh, but yeah, I liked. I liked that uh, Mr. Quarterback guy threw the game winning touchdown. Did like went down to his knees and did like the platoon, like, like <laughs> point point at the sky from his knees. It was just it was it was outstanding. Yeah. The drama. The the week two drama yeah. of he, Fresno like, he, UCLA. I think Spencer compared to like. Yes, it's just another fourth quarter comeback. They're like probably in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter that much. But he's like, just like a warm pizza right out of the box, it it just hits harder at two a.m. It was just <laughs> wonderful. Oh yeah, this is big time Pac-12 after dark energy yep. too. Yep. With uh, only involving one Pac-12 team, so love to see it. And finally, we don't need to spend a lot of time here, but Clemson beat Georgia Tech fourteen to six on after 14 like to a eight. three. Sorry, fourteen to eight. They won by six. It's my bad. I'll yep. get it fixed. Sorry. Um, we'll get in the lab. We'll get it fixed. And uh, uh, 14 to 8 on a bizarre all around game. I think there was like a three plus hour weather delay in this game. I don't think that excuses Clemson only beating Georgia Tech by six points. Um, but, the same Georgia know. Tech team that lost to Northern Illinois in week one of this season. Yes. So by the transitive property. Northern Illinois. The Huskies and the Tigers, who, I mean, that's a pick em at this point. It's a good point. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't want to take, do, like, a whole lot of just, like, box score championing here, but Clemson, um, 
I think has some work to do on offense. They don't appear to be as dynamic as they have been in the past. Maybe I think, well, I'm going to go ahead and say offensive line is probably letting them down a little bit. And I'm sure there's a bit of a growing curve here for old Mr. Quarterback guy, DJ. We'll call him DJ for now. Uh, does anyone have off the top of their head, or I can stall while I pull it up, how many times did DJ uh, rush the ball in this game? Hmm. I have some stats here. Because I think, like, that was – I remember that was kind of my takeaway from their Georgia game was, like, they should probably run him more and make that a bigger part of – Right, but they usually don't deploy that until they need to in, like, the yeah, ACC until, championship game. Yeah, they get warmed up before the have ACC. Him, they have him with eight carries. I believe they were all true carries. Georgia Tech doesn't have any sacks listed, so okay. eight – I mean, this is this is gross. They only had 66 scrimmage plays. They only had 279 total yards, negative EPA, and they won. I mean, not great, not not great all around. I don't know how Georgia Tech came across their points, their eight points, but uh, so D- um, DJ went 18 to 25 for 126. Uh, so like that's, he wasn't that's even Emory, that inaccurate. That's the Emory so they, Jones zone right there. Oh, they they that weren't even, Hunter Renfro somehow. They weren't even trying to push <laughs> the ball downfield. It seems like I don't know. Very weird. Yeah, that's very un unclumsy. I mean, they were twenty seven and a half point favorites in this game. Mm-hmm. So pretty crazy. This is at home for Clemson too. Yep. Even weirder. But I'm so. sure those fans still greeted them on the field as per tradition. <laughs> Yeah, we do it every game. It's just part of the culture here. It's not storming if we do it every game. Right. Um, all right, so anyhow, do you guys got any – Oh, Jason, how'd the Dukes do? What did the Dukes up to this weekend? The Dukes did great. Um, the Dukes crossed the country for a top-10 matchup at Weber State. We- oh, this was the, the vaunted Weber State game. Yep. We should have we, we should have done a bigger preview than this. All right, 20 um, seconds on the clock, Jason. Give hold, us, hold on. Give, us no, making, give him 40. I'm just, I'm just, just, we, I'm Weber just, State game. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So, uh, the Dukes, the Dukes pretty much rolled. The final score was thirty-seven twenty-four, but Weber State scored like twice in the last five minutes. Yeah. Um, it was not. Uh, it was not this close. Uh, it was. Yeah, thirty-seven to ten with six minutes left. Um. So really, oh, wow. kind of emphatic performance. Um, and a very like, uh, like. Just kind of sit on you till you're dead. Performance. Uh, I mean, JMU, JMU piled up. Yeah, JMU had 360 yards, but it, it wasn't like they weren't just slinging it all over the place. They kind of just smothered um, Weber State. Uh, yeah. It was a very good team. Um, sure. But so that was encouraging to see. It was it was good. Um, everybody everybody looked good. Uh, we're waiting to hear back on a couple injuries. The Dukes have a bye week this week, which is excellent. Oh, love that. After a, Before they after head up to Orno. Top 10 battle. Yep. And then they're heading up to Orno to take on the Black Bears, eh? Uh, New Hampshire's next. Ah, oh, dang. Where's Where's University of New Hampshire? Concord? Durham. Ooh. Durham, New Hampshire. Another worst Durham. Durham. Yikes. For the second of three straight Wildcat games. Hmm. Oh. Weber, Villanova in there? Weber State, New Hampshire, Villanova. Yeah. Man. We actually don't... Uh, we don't... Oh, yeah. We, we played... Maine last week, so we don't go to Rona this week. Oh, that's right. Dang, gotcha. Okie dokie. Well, go Dukes. Yeah. Go Dukes. All right. All right, let's keep it moving. We did already touch on this game, but Jordan, tell us about the picks. How do we do this weekend? And uh, um, let's, let's break it down. 
Yeah, so if I tallied everything correctly, uh, all of us managed to go three and two. So Logan has now gone three and two for three straight weeks. <laughs> we love a love consistent that. winner. Um, love that for me. Dialed in. That's great. And we are I bought also myself one one and four week to finding those finding those fairways. We like to see it. Yeah, we are all three of us each nine and six on the year. Um, all right. So, you know. We're not quitting our day jobs anytime soon, but if we wanted to, you know. We're getting there. We <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> we could talk about it. <laughs> yeah. The brainstorming's happening. Um, right. Yeah, so first game of the day, we had Cincinnati at Indiana. We did touch on this uh, a bit. The, the other thing that I wanted to bring up that we didn't initially discuss, Indiana really was a little too frisky early on in the game with some of their decisions in Cincinnati territory. Um, yeah. They had at least one, and I think I'm remembering two. Oh, I think they uh, had two drives. That failed fourth down team. attempts where they should have kicked a field goal. So they got over their skis a little bit too far there, and that came back to bite them. Um, Penix Jr. looked good early, and then appeared to maybe start to press a little bit as the game got tighter and Cincinnati made their run. Um, so. He's got some Jameis. He's got some Jameis to him. Yeah. He'll, he, he'll, he he'll make has, a really questionable decision out of nowhere. You're like, whoa, man. Yeah, <laughs> that so was he's, wild. I mean, he's got – he's had two rough games against Iowa and Cincinnati and one good game against Idaho. So interested to see where his uh, season – goes from here but probably it's good to see him healthy defenses but good to see two him really good at the very yeah. least absolutely i was tracking this game as well while i was cruising around cleaning and cooking and stuff uh yeah it was definitely an interesting game cincinnati just seemed to be doing that like sleepwalking thing that we see teams do all too often in college not saying they were looking ahead um because i think they have a bye before they play yep. notre dame but um just seemed like weird they weren't executing they didn't seem like they were like trying to convert third downs in like the first quarter i mean it was just it just it just seemed really um odd and perplexing and like i said indiana was moving the ball really well on them and uh, i think really tried to go for the jugular in the first quarter uh which you know like listen go down swinging sure but uh one cincinnati uh, i think we mentioned uh middle linebacker for indiana one of those you know white middle linebackers that teammates referred to as the heartbeat of the defense. You know, you know, the right. type we all, we all know the type. Yeah. Um, he uh, got kicked out of the game for targeting. It was a weekend for dubious targeting penalties. You know, they're, they're, not that any weekend isn't, but uh, unless you were was... a Maryland player. <laughs> yeah, sure. But that all said, um, yeah, I mean, I think Cincinnati kind of like, finally got it together and, and uh, put together some good drives back to back and, eventually sort of caught on to what Indiana was doing. And I mean, the score is not indicative of how close this game was and how well Indiana played, but uh, Cincinnati's good and, you know, good teams do find a way to kind of uh, even when they're not at their best, get it together and, uh, and, you know, shine through. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, I hope Indiana continues to have a good season because I think they should you know, this should be one of the better Big Ten teams at this point, based on yeah. some of the other performances I've seen. 
<clears throat> oh, speaking real quick of Big Ten, we forgot to mention Miami lost at home to Michigan State. That's right. Uh, the Fighting Mel Tuckers are three and zero and ranked. Yes. Yeah. And wearing and shorts like while doing it. Very competent. Yeah, was, Mel Tucker. I was about to say shorts. he rocked his shorts this weekend, didn't he? What a stud. Yeah, looking great. Um, Miami's got some issues, not unlike Florida State, uh, but less less <laughs> less issues than Florida State. But yeah, Derek King's getting his shoulder looked at again by some doctors. Yeah. I saw. Well, yeah, man. Is I mean that offensive line is going to get him killed, and it it sucks. Not and I know he State, he, yeah. he yeah yeah he extends plays and is exciting and all that. But if you if you don't have any dudes to throw to, and they're dropping passes when you do, and you're taking shots at the expense of trying to get that done, um, it's a recipe for disaster. Michigan State looks super competent. Like they don't they're not fun, but they you know. I think their quarterback had like four touchdown passes and like 180 passing yards or something like that. It was like one of those games. Like they ran the ball really well, uh, but you know, then they would just do the like hard play action, hit the wide open tight end in the flat for touchdowns. Like, Oh man, it's like, it, it seemed easy. Yeah. The highlights I saw like made me think of the, the office episode where they, they go like to a conference or whatever. And it's like, it's, whatever city they go to version of Stanley and he's wearing like Hawaiian shirts, but he's still oh. like, he's not cutting <laughs> super loose, but he's cutting loose for Stanley. Like yeah. this was, this was Miami, Michigan state. Like they were, they were rolling the pocket out and, and throwing balls to the end zone. So they weren't like exciting, but they were, they thought they were spicy. For sure. Yeah. And, and they, they took care of their business. I mean, uh, I don't think Miami is just a team that's going to score a ton of points in a game this year. Uh, the Brett Lashley experience is is uh, well. Not they going do to give Virginia so <laughs> nothing. The cure for the common run game, right? Virginia uh, a Thursday like, night just, at the hard with the Who's. Oh, that's next Thursday. Yeah, it is. We'll see. Gross. Anyhow, all right. Just wanted to wanted to interject that because that was an interesting result. Yeah, no, it's important to to cover our our regional games of note. Um, speaking of which, we had the battle for the Black Diamond Trophy. Some people are saying mm. this was Virginia Tech at West Virginia, where the Hokies fell behind in a deepish hole early, valiantly fought back, only to lose on just an incompetent four attempts at a touchdown. <laughs> there yeah, end. so I was I was mostly following this on Twitter, but it seemed like I mean West Virginia dominated from the start. They were up yes. twenty seven seven. Well, they like, scored on their second play of the game on a right. uh, eighty-yard run or seventy-five. Do you have? We do have a pronunciation, Jason, on the quarterback's last name. It is Daggy. Daggy. In case Daigie. you're wondering, Doge. That's important. I know we want to be Doge, Doge, but uh, it is Daggy. <laughs> After this Doge, game, I think he Doge right seems to, more valuable than Daggy. He wants. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it seemed like West Virginia like ran up this score and then basically spent like twenty straight minutes trying to hand it back to Virginia Tech. And Virginia yes. Tech just refused to take it, which I found hilarious. Hate that it had to be VPI, you know? Hate that it had to be them. But, yeah, uh, yeah I watched a little bit of this, checked in. Um, but, yeah, the, the 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 few last few attempts there to get the ball in the end zone from, like, the four-yard line, uh, that's tough. That's tough. You, you got to hope that you, were, you would be able to stick it in if you're a Virginia Tech uh, in that situation. Um, but they didn't do it, so... Anyhow, yeah, I think I saw L. they had three red zone trips that amounted in zero points o- over the course of the game, like three mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. vacations. Oh, that's down the there. that's the that's, that's the Will Muschamp the Will Muschamp wet dream right there. Uh, yeah, uh, 
love that. But no, that sucks. Um, but I like these rivalry games. Good to have. Good to have a nice rivalry game back in the mix. Yeah. Um, this is a game that you know they should, they should probably play it pretty often. That'd be yeah. Fun. Like be, I would like as much as I dislike them and their fan base and their location. Sure. I'd like to see UVA play Maryland more often. Like yes, let's, let's get that back up and running. Especially right. since they suck now. Um, mm. All right. We'll take it to... And don't... I would emphasize that we shouldn't do it at crappy, soulless NFL stadiums when we do it. Do yeah. a home and homes. Oh, yeah. yeah, home for and sure. homes for sure. Unless you can do it at Bristol Motor Speedway. That seems like a good time. Do it at Dega. <laughs> Virginia. Maryland. Virginia, Maryland. 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 That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Who says no? It's perfect. There's like 18,000 people there in a stadium that holds like 200,000 people. Yeah, awesome. They're they're gonna put a lot of tarps on a lot of bleachers for that. <laughs> like, nope, we we're uh these this section is also closed for off season renovation. SVP SVP has his own like entire section of bleachers just there. <laughs> the Maryland contingent. Yep. Uh okay, we'll take it to the three thirty hour now. Um our our marquee matchup of the weekend. It was Alabama at Florida in the swamp and Alabama just barely got out alive. Uh, yeah. I honestly, like, watched the first half, saw 21-9, to went and ran some errands, came back middle of the fourth quarter and was shocked to, to learn that we had a game afoot. So yeah. uh, I, just in looking at the statistical outcomes here, uh, looked like Florida ran often and with – pretty good success i think the uh the balance was something like 65 35 percentage wise run pass um so i i think that's got to be really encouraging if you're florida that you kind of rolled a limited ish quarterback out there throwing wise and were able to still run the ball really successfully against that alabama defense um but it's also got to really sting because you played that well and kind of all you have left to come out of it with is a moral victory if you're into that thing so sure take it away yeah. logan oh Cast no your i mean sorrows upon us our ears i mean i think i was more bummed immediately after the game upon rewatch like florida really stuck it to alabama this game um that was interesting to see if you watch any of those replays florida's offensive line had them creased um i think this is a I don't want to make it seem like Dan Mullen is the greatest coach ever because he certainly has some drawbacks and is like a bit of an oddball. But this is a testament to his ability to maximize his personnel. Yeah. Um, last year's team effectively ran an air raid offense, right? And in not even a year, they have completely flipped it to like heavy run offense, a lot of quarterback runs, and, um, and are doing it as successfully in a yards per game and points per game standpoint as they were last year, which is, I think, super impressive given that one of their three opponents this year is Alabama. Um, they, I think they outgained Alabama by, they outrushed Alabama by like 150 yards in this game. They had, they held Alabama to only 90 yards rushing in this game. There's a lot of super positive things in this game for Florida, obviously, but they also spotted Alabama a 21 to three lead at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. And I was, I was bemoaning, the defensive approach to you guys in you the were. group chat. Um, I just, 
I understand that Grantham's an attacking defensive coordinator and that's what he does. And I think he actually, to his credit, does make awesome in-game adjustments. Ergo, the whole the last three the the, the last three quarters of this yeah, game. The other but three quarters. The the walking of guys up to the line in obvious blitz attempts, like Bryce Young was great in that first quarter. He threw where the blitz came from. That's exactly where you're supposed to do. That's where your hot reads are. Um and he did a great job. And then once Florida stopped all the really obvious blitzing, um, you know, they, they held up to the run, obviously. And Kyrie Elam had a hell of a game. I mean, Mechie didn't get anything against him other than I think a a pass interference call one time dubious, but you know, the entire game doesn't, the entire game doesn't hang in the balance of a pass interference call. I understand that. Uh, still thought Florida was on the losing end of a couple really tough drive extending um, calls, especially in that fourth quarter when Alabama was kind of salting, trying to salt the game away a little bit, but um, for Florida's defense to come out and that sort of, second third fourth quarter and get three straight three and outs against alabama and then themselves to go on a seven two 75 yard touchdown drives and a 99 yard touchdown drive on alabama is super impressive so yeah. obviously i'm happy about that anthony richardson did not play in this game apparently he was doing backflips on the field before the game so there was some some scuttlebutt that he was uh gonna play but i think ultimately this was let's not turn a two-week injury into a seven-week injury especially given how well he's been able to, I guess, get dosed into the offense. And I thought Emory Jones played well. I mean, I thought yeah. the one the one interception he threw, uh, he had a guy hitting him in the chest, and the ball sailed on him, and he overthrew the receiver, and the guy behind him caught the pass. That's unfortunate. Um, I don't think that Mullen put him in a whole lot of opportunities to uh, – you know, have to make like really, really tough throws, but he threw, he, the arm is not the problem with him. And he's not the first yep. Florida quarterback that we've said that about. Um, see Jeff Driscoll, see Felipe Franks. Um, but uh, shout out to Dan for getting the most out of that. And he ran really tough in this game. He took some hits and he had a, like a 33 yard touchdown run, I think, or he had a 33 yard run at some point in the game, which was um, really nice. Florida runs that little speed option really well. And they have, Florida's got three or four running backs that can that can tote it, which is which is nice to see. So um overall I'm I'm happy. I just wish the defensive game plan had been a little bit better at first. And then yeah. you know, at the end of the day, some mistakes really killed Florida. They missed an extra point. You don't plan on that happening, but it happened. Um and then they had to go for two at the end of the game. I'm not saying that that means we're gonna definitely go to overtime with Alabama because Alabama's last drive turns into more than them trying to burn the clock, right? It turns into them trying to score, which maybe ends in more heartache for me than what actually happened. But um, I do think that, uh, yeah. And, and then there was one other key mistake I just want to point out, and it was a hell of a defensive play. I think Florida had probably been showing that pressure look off the right side, and they dropped Cox right into right into the passing lane where that hot slant was going to be. And uh the quarterback for Alabama drills Cox right on the number one in his chest and he didn't catch it. And it was like, those are just the little things that you can't do against a team that's as talented as Alabama. Yeah. Right. And you know, you have that's to a convert in... every one of those. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah, you do. And you have to play a perfect game when you're at a talent disadvantage uh, against a team like that. And I don't know, I think, you know, I, I did see a cool stat and I know this is, this is big time moral victory right here, but uh, I think in the last 20 games, Alabama has beat Florida twice by a total of eight points. And I think their, their average margin of victory in every other game is like something preposterous, like 31 points or something. So 
Um, anyhow, crazy, tough, tough that it had to be my Gators, but proud of the effort. Really, really not looking forward to Tennessee bringing this like ridiculous, stupid spread offense that they're going to trot out next week. Uh, I hope or this week coming up, hope Florida can stay focused, but yeah, I don't know. It was, it was fun. It was fun to see the swamp that live. It was fun to have the number one team, in the country come into your house and, and play them. And, uh, you know, I, it was really nice to see Florida stick it to Alabama like that. I, 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 again, I just like can't get over the 21 to three score at the end of the first quarter. It's, that's, yep. that's a tough pill to swallow. Um, given that you outscored them that bad in the last three quarters for sure. But All I saw right. someone just real, just one last thing. I, I saw someone said too, if this game had been 10 minutes longer, Florida probably would have won. I was getting that feeling too. It seemed like Florida yeah. like had the upper hand and had the momentum, but you know, it wasn't. And that's how it goes. So anyhow, go Gators. Okay. Game number four, we had a wideout in Happy Valley, Auburn at Penn State. Uh, this one, I think maybe was a little more exciting than maybe I thought it would be. Um, but yeah, Penn State ended up winning by eight, I believe it was. Uh, yes. I, I was focused on the Virginia North Carolina game during this, but I had this pulled up on the laptop. Uh, and like it, there, there wasn't a whole lot of fireworks. It felt like, like Bo sure. Nix was fine. He wasn't bad road Bo Nix, maybe the way he has been in the past, but he didn't necessarily do anything to really like put the team on his back and win that game. And I think they needed that a little bit. Mm. Um, Tank Tank Bigsby, all all name team for college football this year for sure. He had a great <laughs> showing, um, but I think Auburn needed a little bit more uh, above average from their quarterback, and they didn't necessarily get that. Yeah, they're they're, and I don't know if it's a Bo Nix related thing. Their passing game design seems a little lacking. Um, they seem like they just kind of like try stuff yeah. in the pa- in the passing game instead of like maybe having a plan. Um, to attack and that could be maybe they don't have i think they lost seth williams and anthony schwartz from last year's team those were i mean schwartz is like straight up playing for the browns right now a lot um so they, they lost some dudes but yeah it was it was it was interesting and penn state certainly didn't like pull away at all in this game um it was it was tight game it was tense uh classic auburn up by like or down by eight you know just like weird weird scores abound the push was big time in play there oh, yeah. i guess um so that that would have been interesting but uh yeah yeah i i i don't really know what to take still from auburn because i think they feel like they're maybe a little ahead of schedule given sort of some of the messaging we had heard about them in the off season and some of their like you know maybe we just did a thing where we kind of rolled their eyes at like covid coach guy um but i i also you know they he knows what he's doing they don't quite have the razzle dazzle uh that you would hope like a boise state coaching tree guy would bring um but yeah. that might also be because of some personnel limitations and they have two really good running backs that they don't hesitate to give the ball to which is fine but yeah and that's smart it yeah it just doesn't seem like they do anything really unique like yes it's very very well said yeah yeah it it's almost like they're caught in between like well we're not we're not talented enough to just do vanilla stuff and be able to out talent you. 
but yeah. we also need to get creative. So they're like diet creative sure. almost. And it ends up kind of in a meh situation. I mean, and I, a game to like be that. honest, I felt the same way about Penn State too. Yeah. I mean, they didn't, they didn't exactly blow me away with anything that they were doing schematically. Their, their quarterback played better than the Knicks. And that was the difference in the game. Yep. In my, in my mind. So, um, Knicks doesn't, he's not doing the wild things. I do want to say the fourth and goal fade should be launched into the sun. I, Jason knows that I have been anti this play. Yeah, we're going on, what, 20 years now almost. Yeah. Since, so are you anti you know, any fade down in that zone or is specifically? You, I, usually I'm anti any fade. I mean, unless you have. Because oh, Virginia's got who, some tall bodies. Yes, yes. No, and, and like, yeah, I, I don't think that there is no need for the fade. I just, I hate that fade to the short corner like in that situation where it seems like it just seems like it's such a tough throw to make and you really have to like i don't know they, they kind of tried to run like a little wheel thing and get a rub i think too and it and it that didn't work and then the ball was just like launched into the end zone it was a terrible throw which doesn't help matters but that i don't know i just think it's like more often than not you don't get uh, Keyshawn Johnson, you know, dunking on your guy, you get like, oh, incomplete. All right, here we go. Like, man, that was almost intercepted, <laughs> or or yeah. or that was a terrible throw. Why did they run that play? You know, it's never like I just feel like your chance for you coming away thinking like, damn, what a call is very low. On well, that. I think it's one of those calls that's probably so high in coaches' minds still because they're like, but man, when it hits, like it is so no, sexy when it when right. it fade on the goal line hits, like you just the the execution of it looks so good and gets people so jacked up like right. they, they almost call it for style points even though it doesn't get you anymore on the scoreboard i just feel like i would rather take my 50 50 fade shot from like the 25 yard line than i would like florida did a great job last year of either getting pits out on the rail or getting uh getting the running back at, to rub somebody yeah, or, yeah well yeah or getting grimes out there <clears throat> on the outside and then you can actually get the defensive back with his back turned running instead mm-hmm. of him just playing basketball box out against your guy yeah. and relying on the throw to be perfect playing an extra defender bingo yeah. bingo so i just I, I feel like i'd rather and then i don't i'm not saying it's an easier throw to make but i think then you can just like throw the ball to the pylon and out of the you know outside of the end zone and your when guy it, either and, jumps and up and catches too, it it doesn't have to be just thrown to a tall guy. It can be thrown to a speed guy and just throw sure. it out way ahead of him and let him beat his man that way. Um, right, right, exactly. There's There was two really good examples in the Florida-Georgia game last year. Pitts yep. had one and Grimes had one. And both times they just took – they were great catches, but they took advantage of the fact the corner was, like, running, not facing the ball. And it was, you know, he just – all he could do was stick his hands up and try to push the guy out of bounds and, you know – then your receiver is the only one who sees the ball in that case. But uh, anyhow, all right, this has been a lot of this is a lot of breakdown of the, why I don't like the fade uh, from the goal line. And there's got to be more plays you can people run. show up for Logan. You know, certainly don't run the Wake Forest super delayed uh, joint handoff play on on oh, the uh, Siamese uh, the mesh goal. point. Yeah, that's what Florida tried on their uh, on their fourth down conversion or f- on their two point conversion. It was terrible. Yeah, really terrible. It was something. That's another one that when it works, you're like, whoa, tricky. But when it doesn't work, you're like, what in the hell is this high school BS that these guys are doing right here? Do they not know how to run a dying zone read? And, yeah. you know, but 
because Florida had run that play earlier in the game and everybody collapsed in and Aquan Wright bounced it out and gained like 25 yards on that play. And then it turns, you know, then they tried to run it again at the goal line and it was like, yep. wow, man, that was terrible. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was terrible. So victim Anyhow. of their own success. Throw those two on the list of plays I wouldn't run at the at the goal line. Yep, those won't be on the the crunch time Denny's menu. <laughs> the, Denny, right. the Denny's menu. When I got the visor on and I'm just spitting seeds <laughs> in the booth. Speaking of uh, places where you can spit seeds because it's not an illicit substance, we go to BYU. <laughs> For dreams go to die. For Arizona State was favored by three and a half at BYU. They fell. As we as we all three, uh, we we all loved BYU here. Yep. BYU was already was already in their bag. Couldn't be like, prouder play. of my elevation boys. We had multiple Romney, uh, <laughs> Gunner individuals Romney. involved in scoring plays, which, you know, you know, uh, warms the cockles of the American heart. You know, yeah, real real patriot stuff there, uh, <laughs> maybe. Um, but yeah, BYU looked good. Like, once again, they're doing this thing where it's like, I the think I might be in on BYU. <laughs> they and have then, the fast quarterback, Jordan. Yeah, they've got the fast quarterback. That's also why I picked them. <laughs> they've got the fast quarterback, and they got stronger lungs. And that'll win you 90% of your games if if you've got those two, those two advantages. Husbands and fathers. Yeah. Yep. Hus- hus- husbands and fathers along the O and uh, D. In the trenches, yeah. You when you've that. got grown men in the trenches... I'm talking about grown, grown men with life grown experiences. Men, they thrive in the trenches. They've been on missions already. They've right. started families. <laughs> They're being they've, fruitful and multiplying. They've taken on the greatest challenge in life, and that is not the offensive line of Arizona State. It is <laughs> it's abstaining being a from caffeine and all, all <laughs> and other being delicious. A father. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> while being a father. Yes. While being a father, <laughs> for sure. No, they looked really good. I mean, they, uh, you know, shout out to Stucky. Got the boys, got the boys playing, but they look really good. Um, quarterback play is a plus there. They, you know, they blend in a good amount of like deep shots, razzle dazzle stuff, but they're still tough and run the ball. Um, they did get the benefit of Arizona State fumbling on the opening kickoff return uh, and punched one in immediately. It was seven nothing early in that game. You got something? Yeah, no, I was gonna say. Speaking of uh, fumbles, wasn't this the game where like BYU? guy ran and hawk like byu fumbled oh yes and yes had a guy hawk the the returner and save a touchdown but also do like a, a did the sweet the combat yeah yeah it was textbook it so was a good. sloppy performance by arizona state i mean they I, what did the margin of victory end up being in this game was it 10 10 yeah it was uh it was 20 uh 17-20, I think, for a while in the fourth quarter, right. and then BYU yeah. got a late touchdown. Sure. So, I mean, it, the game was there for Arizona State, but uh, I think I, I recall Daniels throwing a, a pretty rough pick, and then that uh, kick return, Mortal Kombat, like, punch out, fumble recovery play was pretty huge. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, special teams. Don't fumble on special teams. That's yeah. step step one, typically, other than Gamer down ball. the ball. Other than down the ball, if you're Mississippi State. Get the ball in your hands. This is also, Jordan, why I always say these these punt returners, just catch the punt. If you're the gunner, just catch the punt. Don't let it bounce. Okay. There's there's nothing there's nothing. Speaking, wrong, of, speaking of things you've been saying for two decades, is someone fielding uh, the punt are, at full sprint. The Urban Meyer Florida teams, the gunners would just catch the punt. 
And I think they routinely led the they never led the nation in like the longest punts, but they led the nation in like net punting because they never gave up a return. They they went like two full seasons without giving up a single punt return. And the guys would just run down there and catch it. It was like it's not rocket science. It's pretty sick. And then it's downed immediately. You don't get any shenanigans. And then you also don't have to like have a guy like at full sprint trying to catch up with a like lumbering football that's going to just randomly spring up in the air. Then you have to try to punch it backwards. And there's all manner of things start happening then. Yeah, um, but we like that as fans of chaos. We like yeah. the, the weeble wobble of, of the uh, Oh, this skin. is true. Yeah. Listen, there was a... <laughs> wasn't there a uh, a lineman that fielded a, a fumble in that um, UCF in Louisville game? game? No, I thought it was UCF Louisville. Oh. Oh, was no, it? I, was it, I think okay. it was Cincinnati. In the Cincinnati game, he picked it up with one hand. One hand, and like, like, <laughs> like those famous clips of Michael Jordan palming a basketball when yeah. he's like got somebody bodied on the perimeter. You he know just, this man probably had like four pounds of tape around all of his fingers and stuff yeah. too. There was no way he could hold that football. And he immediately fumbled it too. Just immediately. immediately yeah, the, guy, <laughs> the guy coming in to tackle him immediately just punched at the arm and it, yeah. it was gone. Like yeah, that, yeah. that's not a football handler. It's and it's fine. Tritton. Full but that's why we there. fall on the ball, and we don't try and scoop score as an offensive lineman from your own thirty. <laughs> from your own thirty, like I'm gonna be honest, probably not gonna, you know, put him on skates, you know. But you know what he said? He said I was gonna take it to the crib, coach. Right. That's probably what he we said. We needed a first got, down, and I, got I, I saw an opening. <laughs> <laughs> I love the offensive lineman that just gets surprised with football, and just like, even when they tuck it, it's just so it's so adorable in their arms, you know. Yeah. This, this little football. And they just take off. And then there's a the famous one that happened last year where the guy just got like helicoptered and the ball goes flying. <laughs> the offensive lineman is like three feet off the ground, spinning, legs going everywhere. Oh, it's no, but you, well, you, he was also running like he's the guy who's always in, in like play install meetings. Who's like, coach, where's my goal line package? Like, coach, I'm a ball runner. Like coach, Kyron, like you got to put something in for me. And so coach won't give him the ball. So he's like, oh, coach won't give me the ball. I'm going to take the ball and run. I'm I'm going to make my destiny. Who is uh, who is that guy that um, does the bas- the funny basketball videos? <laughs> like the kind of like tubby dude that does the funny basketball videos. Is Spice makes- Adams? Yes. He always like over dribbles. Yeah. Where <laughs> like- he's like playing in overalls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is me. This is... This is Draymond Green on that last possession <laughs> or something. And it's just, oh, my gosh. It's too good. Love it. Yep. Anyhow. All right. Fun week that was. Jason, you got anything? You got any notes that you want to pepper in here? No, honestly, I'm still trying to catch up. Any pearls? Any pearls you came across in the Twitter sphere that you need to get out? Not yet. Still still trying to piece together the weekend. Understood. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, anyhow. You, uh Logan, you're probably on this since it's part of the the Levitard universe now. But that uh, full cast after dark episode oh. that they do, yes, I I listened live to the one when it was like live on Twitter Spaces or whatever last this week, week. But I oh, haven't listened week. to this one yet, so I'm excited to see. It was good. You're going to be a surprisingly upbeat pro Florida Spencer Hall this week, which wow. is. I know it was tough for him. They were they were giving him a lot of a lot of grief about it too. But I was like, oh, Spencer, it's adorable. Yeah. Good to see and him then, get excited about stuff. For he did he did he did come out though because Nanny was giving him grief about it, 
And he's like, if Georgia had played the same game against Alabama, you would not be saying these good things. He's like, I don't like Georgia. Like, it was like very clear. He's like, I don't see what's so difficult to get about this. If Georgia's quarterback got struck by lightning a foot away from the goal line, I would laugh about it. Like, that's a, and then someone's like, oh, by the way, join him on uh, whatever his SEC Network show is. Like, this is the guy. That's what yeah. I was thinking, SEC Network show. Oh, yeah. Classic good times. But yeah, you guys should check that out friends of the podcast for sure yeah. Colleagues, all right even. yeah for sure okay we got anything else guys we've got another week coming up uva is on a short week i see a friday night and then a thursday night game for uva friday night lights i think i might try and go well uh, awake or are they oh no they're playing at home in charlottesville yeah oh nice you should check that out that'd be a good time i was gonna hope to go down to the game next thursday at the hard so we'll see i'm gonna go out on a limb and say tickets ought to be Ought to be relatively abundant for that one. So, last time I went to see UVA play Miami at the Hard, it was one of the worst football games I ever viewed live and in person. And that was the game that what's his name broke his leg in too, the corner. Bryce Hall. Yeah, Bryce Hall. No, the last UVA game you went and saw in the Hard was the Orange Bowl, wasn't it? That's true. That's true. Yeah. The last UVA Miami game, I should say, yes. I went to see. Which I mean, I was asking for it with the, both those two teams playing at the time, but. Yeah. Anyhow, I think it was like one of those like seventeen to nine type games. You're like, oof, yeah, oof. No, I remember that one well. Neither team like not, got a, inside not the one 20th. of Doctor Bob's better nights behind right. the Denny's menu. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully Doctor Bob's deep in his bag uh, two weeks from now. Doctor Bob's going to need to be with that defense. I'm going to going to be honest. Yeah. All right, correct. So the Dukes have you. You told us earlier New Hampshire this weekend. The Dukes are the Dukes are off this weekend. That's right, a, they're off this weekend. A, a much needed country. weekend off. All right, bye week is favored by one get, and a half. Get healthy, get get tuned up for play in the mighty Colonial Athletic Association. Yeah, many people are saying it's the SEC of FCS. People are talking about it. That's right. If only people could watch. Why can't they? Oh, that's a deep rabbit hole. We don't need to go down. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have enough time. We don't we'll have enough save time. it for the Patreon episode. Yeah, yeah, that's that's for premium subscribers only. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's 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 the content that people are craving, for yep. sure. Yep. I'm talking politics. I'm talking conference affiliations. I'm talking newscasting. I'm talking technology. I can keep I'm going. Talking tactical shaver commercials. <laughs> the complete package. <laughs> tactical shaver anyhow okie dokie well we'll get to that when we get to that but this has been another episode of the wheel route podcast thanks for joining us we're at the wheel route on twitter you can send us emails wheel route podcast at gmail.com you can go to the wheelroute.com and you can check jordan's math on the picks to make sure that we all indeed have gone six and three um but uh, we have we're out here six nine and, four. and six nine, nine and six. three would be good too 15 games, 15 games. I was come, trying to come up with the number of games that we had done, and I almost Turns out it's 15. Nine and six. Sorry, I'm so focused on picking stone-cold lead pipe locks for you guys. Yeah, we're that just I focused just, on I, week four. Sometimes the, the, the math gets a little off of me. So until uh, we meet again, we love you. Go Gators. Go Hoos. Go Dukes. Go Dukes.